0: Plus. You are looking live at Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on Vicen Prime Time.
3: Hour two of VSIN Prime Time, 75 minutes or so away from the return of Russell Wilson to Seattle. Sean King to my left, and look who is stopped by in studio, okay. the one and only Stormy Bonatoni from Vieson's. Final Countdown with Matt Brown over at the South Points. We appreciate you making the trek down here to Circa. Um, I feel
4: a little bit weird being on this side of the desk. I got to be honest with you. I'm like trying to get it yeah, to my usu- surroundings Usually
3: here. you were here when you were hosting my guys in the desert. So we appreciate you coming on down. A lot to get to. Uh, but let's start every weekend. You can catch Stormy on the ESPN family of networks. And this past weekend, you were uh, in the Little Apple watching Sean's Kansas State Wildcats Dark Wildcats look very impressive. Conference. Deuce Vaughn, 145 yards on the ground. So watching K-State up close and personal, good start to the season for the Purple Cats. Um, what was your biggest takeaway from uh, seeing them in person?
4: Um, that Adrian Martinez maybe wasn't the full problem at Nebraska, (laughs)
3: Um,
5: but no, it was, they
4: were, they were a lot of fun to watch. I on paper anticipated it to be a little bit of a closer game. I did think Kansas state was going to win. I know a lot of people were backing them with the spread and rightfully so, because they ended up having a very dominant victory here. But they have a lot of really good pieces. And they're not making Adrian Martinez do too much. We know how turnover prone he's been in his career, but turnover free these first two games of the season. You have a guy like Deuce Vaughn that allows you to play a little bit different. And he was an All American last season for a reason. And he's a very, very special talent at just five foot six. He is mighty. And um, I think my biggest takeaway overall is that they are probably better than I thought they were going into the game. And I'm also questioning if Mizzou is also a little bit worse than I thought they were coming in. And bless his heart. Like, I had so many great stories about Brady Cook going into the game that I was really excited to talk about. And I felt like every time I could add, throws an interception. Yeah. Every time I could add, ah, three and out. So uh, we didn't really get get to very many of those. It was a little bit tough to watch from that end. In the rain made big, it tough to Big to, so. one this
3: weekend though, as Sean's alma mater goes up against a team that uh he believes can win the big twelve. Tulane going to Manhattan. This is the the King Bowl.
2: Yeah. Big one. Two free boys. Number. Right, we'll see. Tulane's playing good. Well, I think Kansas State has to find a way to have more balance. I think in two wins he's only thrown for a total of hundred and fifty four yeah. yards. I don't know when they play Oklahoma, Texas, who looks to be much better than we thought. Mm-hmm. If that'll be good enough, but I picked him to win the Big 12, so I'm happy they started 2-0.
4: That's why I said. They haven't forced him to do too much yeah. yet. They're kind of easing him in, I think, in this new system.
2: Yeah. Ran a little
3: bit uh, this past weekend, mm-hmm. but only 9-20 through the air. But uh, you mentioned Adrian Martinez and where he used to play. Let's get to bettable or forgettable. The college version here on a Monday, and we start with Nebraska firing Scott Frost after the 1-2 and start to the season. Lost to Georgia Southern over the weekend. And instead of waiting till October first to save seven and a half million dollars, they said enough is enough. We are going ahead and making this move. So uh, I'll start with Storm, and then we go down the line: bettable or forgettable, heading into this weekend. Because guys, Oklahoma comes to Lincoln. This number open fourteen has been bet down to eleven and a half. Do you see an inspired effort from the corn this weekend after losing? <laughs> from the to, corn. <laughs> from losing to Clay Helton's squad over the weekend. Have you
4: seen that TikTok, by the way? Like, it's corn. <laughs> big love that. That's all I think about when I think about <laughs> Nebraska football now, all of a sudden. But uh, ugh, I don't know. I have a tough time with that because we do see that in sports more often than not. I think at times when you fire a coach, the team comes out and they're trying to rally and fight for the guy that's at the helm now. Um, and I. I'm just not so sure. I don't have a lot of faith in this team. And who knows if that is because Scott Frost isn't a very good in-game adjustments type of a coach throughout his time at Nebraska.
3: What was it? 5-22, and 22, I think. In, in, in one in
4: possession one game. One possession
3: games. I think he lost the last 10. Correct. 10 or 11. Yeah. Not great.
4: 16-31 and 31 over four-plus seasons. Never logged a winning record at the head coach. And all of the money that was sunk into that man. I just... I can't get over it. But I... I don't know. Maybe when it was at the 13, I would have taken it. Otherwise, I'm probably just staying away from Nebraska this week in general because I don't know what to expect.
3: And well, we'll see what Mickey Joseph can do, stepping in as the uh, the interim head coach, former LSU. Yeah, he's from New Orleans. Assistant. I played
2: uh, college with his brother. I'm going to leave the game alone. A lot of times when you fire the head coach, if there was an opinion internally that it was not really a player favorite, sometimes you get like an inspired effort. Uh, with the amount of transfers that nebraska has i don't think that's going to be the outcome i think dylan gabriel and that oklahoma offense are going to come in and roll them but just in case i'm wrong and because it's in lincoln i probably will just stay away from this game
3: yeah i thought 14 and that's where it opened was uh was was worth a look uh but we'll see i mean this is important i have oklahoma over nine wins so uh, this this was a swing game in my eyes for the season when it, when it first opened so uh not, uh, not a great start to the year for the old uh, black shirts down there in Lincoln, Nebraska, but uh, we get to another sluggish start to the season, Notre Dame. <laughs> Notre Dame as a 20-and-a-half-point favorite lose to Marshall over the weekend. How about the weekend for the Sun Belt, man? Woo! Man.
4: Fun Belt out the, here. The Fun we Belt went,
3: I believe, if you uh, include Georgia State, who covered on Friday's number, close 7 uh, went nine and one ATS, eight one and one ATS. If you consider Georgia State as a push at the end, but uh, hell of a weekend for the Sun Belt. Georgia Southern we mentioned went and beat uh, went and beat Nebraska, Appalachian State beat Texas A&M, and Marshall beat Notre Dame. And then the news comes out today, guys. Tyler Buckner done for the year with a uh, with a collarbone injury. He will have surgery tomorrow, heading into a game against Cal at home. Sean, bettable or forgettable, Drew Pine takes over. Notre Dame taking on Cal. Can they get it done?
2: Again, I'm probably going to stay away from this game. I don't have a lot of confidence in Cal. I think UNLV's improved, but you can't put UNLV away. I think the game ended up a 6 point, 20
3: to 14
2: Yeah, difference. But then I don't know anything about this kid that's going to play quarterback for Notre Dame. I mean, if they thought he was better than Tyler, then why wasn't he playing? And if he's not better than Tyler, at least right now, we saw what the offense look. With Tyler. So I'm just going to stay away from Notre Dame. Marcus Freeman is my friend. Uh, I'm going to the Catholic Church in the morning. I'm going over <laughs> to the the good priest. Like, please. <laughs> I mean, just don't let my guy start 0 and 3. So,
4: Are you in therapy like I'm in therapy right now about this team?
2: <laughs> no, I took myself out. I, I I got rid of my Carson Wentz fan. I think she club. was talking about me. I was. I know. That was oh, yeah. That one. I just. yeah. Oh, no,
4: you should still be okay, though. You still got a dub week one, right? You're not totally out of way. You didn't line. see his
2: tweet? You didn't see stressful. his tweet. He's, what about the Falcons, stressful. though?
4: You had a close call with your fade the Falcons and survivor.
2: Never in
3: doubt.
4: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
5: <laughs>
3: um, yeah, this is, you know, for Notre Dame, I, I think the biggest disappointment, guys, for me was the play of the offensive line. I thought there was a lot of questions at the quarterback position. We knew the wide receiver position was was behind in talent, but I thought the, defensive, the offensive line was very... Very, very underperforming in that game against Marshall. And, you know, to give up 163 yards on the ground, I know that the kid Layborn was a, a former five-star recruit from Florida State. But I, I was, uh, you know, t- to take a step back, I think people were right to think that this team was a bit overrated. Um, but the offensive line really made me worried moving forward. So we will see. Uh, Drew Pine, you know.
2: This is a perfect example of Brian Kelly knowing that the talent level that had been there was not quite the same. Because when you look at last year, I mean, they probably should have lost the Florida State game in the opener. And they definitely They were up should. 18
3: going into the I fourth quarter. But the
2: way that. it <laughs> went at the end, like every, the momentum said there Florida were games, State was going to win. Were games Toledo, you should, they definitely should have lost. Toledo,
3: they should have lost. But towards the end of the year, they played lesser competition. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it –
4: we had, we had Mike Golick Jr. on uh, VEASAN final countdown earlier today, and something he pointed out that I thought was pretty interesting was that having a veteran quarterback like Jack Cohn previously mm-hmm. masked a lot of issues um, late in the season that included, you know, banged up offensive line and some wide receiver depth problems that now with a, a quarterback coming in and Tyler Buckner, maybe he couldn't mask that quite as much, and then he gets injured, and now the thing that really separated him is his dual threat ability. You bring in a guy in Drew Pine who probably doesn't have that as much. So, For me, I'm having a really tough time um, wanting to have a lot of buy-in because you don't have that veteran presence. Like, Pine's going to have his first start, and we're going to throw him in there and see how he does. But it's unfortunate because you thought that on the defensive side, given Marcus, Marcus Freeman's background, is where they would have ample success. And the fact that they couldn't stop that Marshall attack really frustrates me as not only a better, and I mean, the under did come through, and I'm good with that because that's like a thing that I've been targeting with this team because of the defensive mindset of Marcus Freeman. But that was what's frustrating is like, how do you let Marshall outscore you and play conservative on offense and have mistakes and then defensively not be able to back it up when that's your bread and butter?
3: It was 15 to 12. I thought um, middle middle linebacker got kind of juked out, out of position on a, on a read option play kept the drive alive, some poor tackling. So uh, there's, there's a lot to assess with the Irish and we'll see this weekend uh, I imagine the public will be all over Cal catching 10 with a low total. I wouldn't disagree with it, especially the way that they've oh. started here. Uh, all right, guys, bettable or forgettable, Quinn Ewers now out four to six weeks. He was looking – he looked sharp against Alabama. He goes down with the injury. Now they have to turn around and play UTSA for the first time in school history. Good win by the Roadrunners on the road at Army uh, in overtime. Bettable or forgettable, Quinn Ewers out. That means Hudson Card will be the guy – uh, this Saturday for the Longhorns against the Roadrunners.
2: I want to go UTSA money line. I think the best quarterback in the game is Frank Harris, the kid at UTSA. The only thing that gives me pause is UTSA. When you have a school like this, the one thing they don't have a lot of is depth, Stormy. And having had to play two overtime games to open the year, is there some fatigue potentially on some of those legs? And talent with Bajon Robinson and Xavier Worthy. Like, they have NFL-caliber skill guys, but... Right now, I'm definitely taking the points. And a small part of me wants to say this is a letdown spot for Texas. I know they look it's definitely much a improved. Letdown spot. I know they, they, they took Alabama to the wire. But to bounce back against UTSA and a really good quarterback is a dangerous spot for the Longhorns.
4: That's where my mind goes. Is I'm definitely. i I'm not as like bold as you in taking the money line. But I like the points approach in this game. Like You put so much time and effort into planning for that Alabama squad. And you know the types of athletes that they have on the field. Then you face a team that's U.S. UTSA. Where you're like, oh yeah, we can. I mean, take the foot off the gas a little bit, and you're easing in a quarterback. Obviously, like we're talking first about first
3: time in school history, the Roadrunners go to Austin. More with Stormy Bonatoni next.
1: If you dare. getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more right now you can save fifty dollars on select battery tool sets real steel
5: Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's dot acom slash iHeart.
0: This is v Prime Primetime with Tim Murray and Sean King on v the sports betting network.
3: It is Visa Primetime presented by BetMGM about an hour away from Monday Night Football out in Seattle wrapping up week number one. Not a great week for kickers, uh, except uh, the kid from uh, the former LSU kicker who hit that 58 yarder for the win. So outside of that, it was <laughs> hey, uh, man. not a great day for the kickers. I'm not going to
2: blame the kickers. I'm just going to say, listen, the G.A.W.D who oversees, you know, the kicker's karma. He was in a bad mood Saturday and Sunday. I mean, <laughs> it wasn't just an NFL thing. It was college, NFL. I mean, kickers had a rough weekend.
4: Special teams in college have just been brutal so far. But I mean, Evan so Mc-
2: many punt blocks. Yes, oh. but Evan
4: McPherson even last week, who was like the darling of NFL kickers last year on the route to the Super Bowl. Like, couldn't miss. Couldn't miss. Unbelievable. I was so disgusted. Laces out. Stormy
2: in the... <laughs> In the commentary, because Mitchell Wilcox is one of my kids from South Florida. So they were trying to blame – Mitchell Mitchell's fault on the extra point. Now, he snapped it high on the field goal But it overtime. was third down.
3: Yeah. That's the reason you kick on third down. The holder needs to know better. Well, there was nothing better.
2: wrong with he it. He needs to No, there was nothing on. wrong with it. The, the, the regulation third down kick was perfect. They tried to say that it didn't get back to the holder as fast as the normal long snapper. That's why it got blocked. And I was like <laughs> – Oh, wow. As soon
4: as you said laces out, though, all I can think is you're going to die, Dan.
2: Die,
3: <laughs> Ray Finkel. Any time we can get a Ray Finkel reference in here. Um, well, we got Monday Night Football, and Stormy, you've, uh, you've got a lot riding on the uh, old Denver Broncos. <sighs> Believing in the return of Russ, uh, what do you got in store for tonight?
4: So, first off, I want to, like.
3: So- you seem very nervous right now. Well,
4: because. Problem one is that I I had two survivor entries, and I say had because yeah, one of them is out. Yes, I had San Francisco as a fan and as somebody who obviously just made a thousand dollar donation here to Circa with that with that <laughs> selection. Uh, very very frustrating with everything, and there's too many people giving credit to the rain that that's why Trey Lance had the day that he did, and just I'm not gonna get. Too far into my conclusions on the guy so far. but
3: Only 702 other people had it with you.
4: All right, so I'm not alone, but still very, very frustrating. So I have one survivor left, and I can't even say it's in the bank that I got the Ravens yesterday, which was the other one that I was contemplating, which I probably should have just stuck with. Um, But yes, I'm on the Broncos tonight. I also bet them like yesterday minus six and a half because I thought the number was going to creep up to seven. Now that it has since gone down, I have re-bet it again minus six. (laughs) So I'm very invested in the Broncos. I genuinely do believe that they're going to outclass Seattle in every facet of the game. I have no trust for anything on Seattle's defense. As far as the Broncos wide receivers go against that secondary, they should have the advantage. The defensive line is not very good. Um, And I just like a lot of the pieces that are coming together with the Broncos. I know you question how things will maybe work out with Nathaniel Hackett and if there will be some growing pains here out the gate week one. I'm just not so sure. I could see this being like a 28 or a 35 to 14 type of a game in my mind. And I don't know how you guys feel, but I think that Russ is going to cook his old team tonight.
2: One good trend for you, Stormy, is uh, the offensive coordinators that got new head coaching jobs had a good day. Mike McDaniel and the Dolphins mm-hmm. look really explosive and creative, especially in the second half. Uh, Kevin O'Connell and the All Vikings. All first-time head coaches. Yeah, Drew Ryan So now you get Nathaniel Hackett, who uh, was the OC in Green Bay. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm with you. I'm probably going to stay away from the game just because it's really smart people that are taking Seattle, and I had a good weekend, so I don't want to put any dents into that. <laughs> but uh, I do think you're on the right side of this one.
3: I uh, I would have taken Seahawks at seven. It's gone. Um, there's part of me that wanted to take first half, three and a half. But at the end of the day, Broncos just have better players. Mm-hmm. So that's just kind of what it comes down to me uh, for that one. You know, Stormy, when it comes to the prop market, I'm sure you and Matt, uh, once again, yes. Matt Brown and uh, Stormy every weekday from uh, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern prior to our show there on VEASAN Final Countdown. What props did you guys look at today? Anything jumping out? More Russ? More Russ props? More
2: Russ.
4: You're all Um, in on
5: Russ.
4: (laughs) We did, um, and I mean, so did the majority of the public. They're in on this prop. Russell Wilson over a touchdown and a half. I did have to lay. Passing? Yes, I did have to lay 140 on that, so not super keen on the price. Um, But like I said, a clear-cut advantage uh, against that Seattle secondary, and you have a guy coming back to the city. Um, coming back to the stadium where he won a Super Bowl, went to a second local hero. Let's say the Broncos are in the red zone, and maybe this is my own fault for believing in this narrative. Um, But let's say you're in the red zone, and it's been a 50-50 pass run type of a day. You're telling me you're not going to let Russell throw the football to get those touchdowns? Like, you're going to let him do it in his old barn. Give him that confidence in front of the 12. And I, I just feel pretty confident in that. And another prop kind of tied into the similar thought process is Cortland Sutton over uh, 22 and a half yards for his longest reception. We know how nice and accurate Russ can be on those deep balls. He'll throw the floater up there. It'll land perfectly. My thought is that between Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, he might be the more wide receiver one based on a lot of the comments that we've heard coming out of camp and the chemistry that they've built. I think that that could be a really really nice one-two punch with Russ to Cortland Sutton today.
2: I'm pulling for you. I'm not invested in this game. I didn't have any strong opinions. I just Char, so what do you expect I think from Geno Denver, Smith tonight? See, I don't I won't know that. I may live game bet it because I think I'll be able to tell. Cause Geno's never really in the middle. Either he plays like above his head. It's a and covering like, machine, by the yes, way. Yes, you know, eight it,
4: straight starts that he's covered, which does not make me feel very good. It also about dates my back to like here. nine
3: years ago because yeah. he's kind of sporadic on his starts so over his career.
4: One thing though for me today is you have the two rookie offensive tackles on that offensive line. And a guy like Geno Smith, who granted in spot duty last season for Russ was very serviceable. Um, I think he only had one interception in the three games that he did start, but he is pretty interception prone for his career that we've seen. And so to me that like if you're already getting pressured on one side from Bradley Chubb and the other from Randy Gregory and these new offensive tackles that gives you just less of an opportunity granted they're going to be a run heavy offense to start. But if you're not having success against that front for the Broncos, you're gonna have to throw the ball, and that makes you questionable to me.
3: All right, let's uh, let's have a little fun here. Uh, oh, first no. touchdown prop, ah. always uh, always just a, a flyer. Uh, I took a little flyer. Uh, you do
4: one on each side.
3: I, I just did one. Uh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll have to decide on on a Seahawk to uh, to follow here. But I went with Albert O. I'm not gonna try to pronounce his last name. Uh, the tight end for. Uh, the tight end for Denver, uh, 14 to 1 at Bet MGM. Maybe get down close to Stormy's point. She wants, she said, let's, let's let Russ cook a little bit, get a little uh, creative, get the big fella out there. As Stanford Steve says, t- tight ends always open. So uh, let's go Albert O, 14 to 1. That would be my first touchdown, a little flyer. Uh, Stormy, I'll go to you first, while Sean, I can see the gears going in his head.
4: Um, I mean, I might just stick with the Cortland Sutton train.
3: 7-1 to one um, at BetMGM. Not
4: as sexy. I do have a bet on Rashad Penny for an anytime touchdown at All plus right. 170. Ooh,
3: that's good um, money.
4: I liked his... Um, attempts prop as well 15 and a half because they're at least going to try I don't know if they'll go anywhere but I think they're going to try to move the ball and at the back end of last season he went over that number in four of the last five games of the season was one of the best I mean the, the Seahawks were bad but he was really good in the back half of the year and now that he's healthy I feel like they're going to try to feed him and Kenneth Walker probably he, he's doubtful right he's not yeah those are my thoughts I guess What
3: you, we you got there I'll be born and go Melvin Gordon all right, Melvin. It's still ten to one.
4: I mean, you're smarter to go with a Broncos player. Ten out of ten.
3: Yeah, all of us. So clearly, a Seahawk is scoring the first touchdown. I think that's what it <laughs> uh, what it comes down to. Stormy Bata Tony hanging out with us in studio here. Uh, let's let's just circle back to college football real quickly. A team that you had in Week One uh, was Oregon State. A lot of buzz preseason. I know you talked about them very highly. Off to a two and zero start. Uh, Jonathan uh, Smith, uh, pretty. Uh, ballsy call at the end of that game to go for a touchdown, and it does work out as they beat Fresno State as time expired. A couple weeks from now, they play USC in what could be a huge showdown. USC gets Fresno State this weekend. So just watching them week one, I don't know how much you caught of them late night on Saturday, but uh, Oregon State, I know you were high on them are you continuing to build up the Beavers? Yes,
4: I am high on them. Uh, I liked them to go over their season win total in the preseason, and now I just feel that much more confident that they will get there and have a good year. Um, funny enough, Saturday night, so I get back from my game. It's been a long day. I'm flying, and I'm trying to get McDonald's at midnight, whatever, <laughs> and my dad is on the phone with me giving me play-by-play of how this game is going down, and I'm screaming, he's got to go for it, and they do, <laughs> and it was so much fun. I'm so pr- I'm like so excited for like what that program has gone through the last few years to start having this success. Against USC, though, I am, you know, having to do a little bit of a walk of shame, taking back a lot of the things I said about this Trojan squad in the preseason because they appear to be much more of a real deal than I thought they were. And that's going to be a really, really tough test, especially for that Oregon State defense.
3: Yeah, it will be. Uh, USC, very fortunate, I would say, on the turnover side. They're plus eight right Mm -hmm. now in turnovers. But... The offense is as electric, I think, as we all anticipated uh, there. So USC, Oregon State, that'll be in two weeks out in Corvallis. That'll be a fun one to see.
4: Chance Nolan's wide receivers just need to catch the ball. Every deep ball's on a dime. Just catch it for the man.
3: And then where are you headed this week?
4: Uh, Minnesota. Yes, Colorado at Minnesota this weekend. So uh, I think it's a 27-point spread.
3: Yep. She's not saying this. I'm saying this. I need Colorado to continue to lose, uh, so we go under that three and a half. But for your sake, I won't bet the game. How about this? For your sake, let's have a close game for you.
4: I would love it. Please (laughs) give me a close game. The first two weeks have not gone that way for me.
3: Yeah. That story about a Tony Ketcher every weekday with Matt Brown on VEASAN Final Countdown.
5: Prime
0: Time with Tim Murray and Sean King on VSet, the sports betting network.
3: Start your football season on the right foot by subscribing to VSet Pro. Get full access to everything we do, including our daily picks at a glance recap of the top plays made by VSet show hosts and guests, 24/7 video, season prep including Our weekly college and pro football matchup guides covering every game all season long. Pro tools like our exclusive betting splits and pro tips updated every hour with actionable insights to up your betting game. Sign up on our discounted football special and get Veasan Pro access to everything we do from now through the Super Bowl for only one hundred and seventy-five dollars, or save fifty percent off the monthly price with an annual subscription and bet smarter all year long. Go to Veasan.com/slash subscribe. All your options become part of the sports betting network alongside former two lane green wave great Sean King, who's trying to fire in some bets right now. I believe I am Tim Murray. What are you trying to get in?
2: Uh, first touchdown of the game. Who are we thinking? Uh,
3: so you just said you were maybe uh, gonna give a flyer to
2: I'm betting Melvin Gordon, the tight end, Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf. I think going to be my four. All right, I gotta figure out a Seahawk, maybe it should be DK. Just talk for a second. <laughs> it wouldn't it wouldn't let me put the bet in. I don't want to miss this.
3: <laughs> we still got forty-five minutes. Sorry. All right.
2: It might change on me. Right. <laughs> They're
3: gonna hear you talking about it. Uh right now, just the latest look at the line and the spread, uh the spread and the total, I should say. Uh still six in favor of the Broncos, touched seven earlier today, and then you saw buyback down to six. Uh total staying steady at forty-four. Uh, This opened once upon a time at 41 and a half, uh, but at 44 first half number uh, three and a half in favor of the Denver Broncos uh, and 21 for the first half total. So uh, we'll keep uh, breaking down Monday Night Football as uh, as we go along. But I I do want to just as we peek ahead to week three of the college football season, we'll do the overreact, the, you know, the letdown spots, the look ahead spots, all of that tomorrow. Um. But the Alabama-Texas game, Sean, a lot of questionable calls I would say helped out Alabama in that game. The Bryce Young uh, scramble late, there looked like there was a mishold uh, off on the corner there. But Alabama gets it done; they win twenty to nineteen. Did you come away from that game more impressed by Texas? I guess have more questions about Bama. Where are you after the twenty to nineteen victory for Alabama? By the way, anyone who took the points, that was never in doubt uh, for you uh, taking the points. First half, full game, Texas covered everything.
2: Yeah, I would say this. Um I was think I think I might have been the only person at least that I saw that said Alabama has some issues on the offensive line. And you said that
3: uh, after the Utah State game. Yep.
2: And You know, you kind of saw that kind of rear its ugly head a little bit. Like, I mean, Bryce Young just is so good, he kind of overcomes it anyway. But, you know, they weren't dominant, you know, um, in any facet. Even though they ran for 160 yards, it never looked like the Alabama we're used to seeing where they just line up and they can run the football versus a whole lot of different fronts. You know, Bryce Young got out of some sacks. I mean, how he didn't – how he got away from the corner cat you know, on the, the final drive, which pretty much would have
3: seal the game. The game. Yeah, I mean, just,
2: you know, that's a pass protection breakdown. So, you know, I, I concerns me, and I just don't like Texas without oars. You know, I just think Quinn had showed in the little time great. that he played that he's big time, like not just talented, but he's big time. And he's ready for that stage. He looks so composed, and, you know, it was chaos. The crowd was going crazy. And you got Will Anderson in a three-point stance, and he didn't blink. I mean, he just made throw after throw. And, you know, when he cuts and card came in, you could see the difference. You know, he was, you know, not as stable. And so I don't know what I gained from the game other than if Bama wins it this year, it's because of Bryce Young's greatness. It's not because I think they're overly dominant. And if Texas can hold it together until Quinn Ewers gets back, then they've got a chance to make some some real noise because surprisingly – From an athlete standpoint, they've changed their body types on defense. Like, they have NFL-looking players, and they were running to the ball. You know, they were explosive. They were making plays. They were competing. We haven't seen that from a Texas defense in quite some time.
3: So, right now, Quinn Ewers out four to six weeks uh, with that, uh, I think it's a collarbone sprain, Sean, and that lands right on the Red River rivalry. October 8th, they will play – at the Cotton Bowl, I would have to guess that yours won't be back for that game. I, for the sake of being a college football fan, I hope he's back because I, I had my questions. You know, when you hear about these five-star, all everything quarterbacks, and you know they're just anointed. I'm like, all right, let, let's pump the brakes. I, I was beyond impressed, and when he goes down at the end of the first half with that hit, I, it, it just, it, it stinks because he was, he looked the part, and I don't know how much this derails texas this year but i mean even regardless moving forward man uh pretty darn impressive looking at looking at him
2: you got to find a way to win that game uh they had two chances one on offense one on defense to put the game away and they failed both times so that doubt still exists there but they've come a long way in in the second year under steve sarkeesian you can't deny that um I knew Quinn Ewers was big time because I trust very few quarterback evaluations in this country. You know that. <laughs> the Ohio State Buckeye program, if they if they sign a quarterback out of high school, he's generally a really good player. Now, they might not all stay because you only play one. Right. But I think the kid from Gorman, Tate Martell, might be their only miss at quarterback because even the other guys that have left, Joe Burrow, yeah. uh, Quinn Ewers, like they've left and been phenomenal, you know, other places. So – You know, because he was a kid that Ryan Day and his staff evaluated and and, and thought highly of, I figured that he was the real goods.
3: So, Sean, uh, this weekend, game day was supposed to go to College Station. (laughs) I think we all just expected that, oh, yeah, Texas A&M will breeze past Appalachian State. Not so fast, my friend. The boys from Boone, I would have appreciated them beating North Carolina, too, uh, but they get it done on the road at Texas A&M, Sean. Look. You know, all the jokes out there about Notre Dame losing to Marshall, which are fair. Hey, you got to take them under the chin when you get them. This is inexplainable. This this is inexcusable, I should say. For Jimbo Fisher to talk as much as he has been talking and has been recruiting as well as he's been recruiting, Sean, for them to lose at home to Appalachian State, it, it's just you can't really put it together, in my opinion. This was a team that was, you know, sixth in the country, and. They they fall at home to uh to Appalachian State. And if anyone said, well, it was a fluke, do you know how many yards they had, Sean, in that game? 186. They had nine first downs. Either UNC is the next coming of the, you know, the greatest show on turf in St. Louis, or Texas A. Hey, M. man's got a whole lot of issues uh to figure out. 186 yards, Sean, nine first downs in the loss to Appalachian State?
2: You know, I I was really mad at myself, Tim. Um, Not that I thought I was going to take App State outright, but when I saw that number, what did it end up at? 18? Like, App State just doesn't normally get beat like that. You know, you think back a few years ago, I think it was 2019, where they beat both North Carolina and South Carolina. And, you know, they took Penn State to overtime, you know, uh, a a year or two ago. You know, they took North Carolina to, to overtime this year. You know, so... Even when they lose these games, I, th- I think Miami, who I think thumped them pretty good, I think that was doing COVID or maybe it was the – No, Apple, they covered
3: last year against Miami. But
2: maybe it was the year before. I think Miami beat them like 45-10 or something uh, maybe two years ago. That's probably the only time I remember App getting thumped when they stepped up against the Power 5 schools. So, considering that I thought A&M struggled offensively in their opener, I thought that was a big number. You know, uh, I got so caught up in some other things that were going on, <laughs> that I actually missed the kick for App State AM. And, and I was extremely frustrated with myself because 18 is a lot of points for a team like AM. Yeah, I was. Especially wrong. with Jimbo calling the uh, plays. Remember, he's a Florida State. He made the same headlines he made yesterday, thinking about giving up play calling duels. He's not a very innovative and creative play caller. He's kind of an old school guy still.
3: Well, now Texas A&M turns around and they play Miami at home. Uh, night game there in College Station. And. You know what? Credit to ESPN. I'll give them this. They made the pivot, and they said, you know what? App State just beat you guys. We're going to go to Boone. It doesn't so, make any sense. It's a They're college game. Troy. Eh,
2: yeah.
3: it, it gives the boys from Boone an opportunity come on, to, don't make any to be on the national if stage. They
2: really, if they really – if they stop being reactionary game day and, and be pro. Where should they go? Well, they should have went to Boone to uh, North Carolina game. <laughs> man, come on. I mean Boone, Troy? Come on. What's the, We got to have a better – I'd have rather they just went to College Station and we could laugh at Jimbo for an hour before you know college football starts. That would please me. They could have put a graphic up of how much of those people money Jimbo f- spent last year just to lose the app state at home.
3: Yeah, it's uh he's got the he's got a worse record now than Kevin Sumlin did after uh his start at uh, Texas By A&M. the way,
2: bring back Kevin Sumlin. Um all
3: right, final thought wrapping up uh the week of college football. Uh, I need you to put a check mark down uh, on our cigar bets because uh, BYU beat Baylor.
2: Yeah, I was pretty disappointed in uh, Dave Aranda and his staff. I didn't, I did very, very questionable play selection uh, late in that game and in overtime. But you get the check. Kentucky, your boys uh, from Lexington,
3: impressive win at right. Florida. It is VSN prime time.
0: Call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's
1: biggest paranormal podcast
2: is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board.
1: This is Uncanny USA.
2: He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... (laughs)
5: /iheart
3: BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Reward points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas? You can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM reward points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resort properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM app. Sign up for the BetMGM with BetMGM or log on today to get even a bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting closer to the start of Monday Night Football alongside former Tampa Bay Buccaneer Sean King. I am Tim Murray. Uh, Before we take a look at some uh, props for Russell Wilson and his return, I mentioned it's going to break Big Blue Nation. Got a big old win down in Gainesville. Uh, They did not make, uh, Florida didn't make the letdown spots. I left it off. I forgot we had a cigar bet on this one. Yeah. BBA, you went against your Kentucky guys.
2: I did, and I felt really bad about it, but... Remember, I had identified the worst offensive lineman I saw all weekend, yeah. and he didn't play. No? No. They had 68 Dill. at left tackle.
3: Mark Stoops, so smart guy.
2: My my reasoning for liking Florida in this game uh, evaporated. When they decided, I should have just left the game alone because I picked Kentucky pre-flop to win the East, but now they're going with what I think is a Juco caliber left tackle without Chris Rodriguez playing. So I'm like, oh, they're going to kill Will Levis.
3: Well, you got, all, you got sucked into the Richardson hype. It had
2: nothing to do with Anthony. If, they would have, if I wouldn't have made the evaluation week one from that offensive line and if Rodriguez would have played it, it I wouldn't have changed my Kentucky opinion.
3: Rodriguez, by the way, the news came out today. Chris Rodriguez, the, uh, the Kentucky starting running back who has been suspended, he will be back uh, in two weeks. So you'll miss the next two non-conference games for Kentucky, who jumped into the top ten. Uh, with their win, and anyone who had an Anthony Richardson Heisman Trophy overreaction ticket, yeah, you might want to go light that one on fire. Uh, 14 to 35, two picks.
2: He was bad. Ran
3: for four yards.
2: But, again, when you have a raw, super talented player like that. You're I'm gonna not have... saying
3: he's going to be bad. I just no. say he's not going to win the Heisman
2: Trophy. No, absolutely not. But you're, you're going to get these kind of Saturdays. Yeah. Especially in year one with Billy Napier. As Napier finds out what he's comfortable with, you know, as they improve his deficiencies. Uh, did this game stay under the total? Had to. Yeah, I was going to say maybe that's the angle moving forward with this Florida team.
3: Well, you know who they played this weekend? The mighty Bulls of South Florida, Sean.
2: Yeah, I don't I don't know if you can play an under with that Bulls defense. <laughs> I'm talking about against competent, like
3: – Minus 24 right now. Top 25 type talent. Gators, yeah. uh, total USF of-
2: was up 14-7 at the half versus Howard.
3: I know Howard's.
2: Uh, they were zero two coming to the game.
3: Strong meak program. They give up
2: over four hundred yards of offense to Howard. Like I, I don't why I didn't just go out and empty all the. I don't know how much the ATM will let you get out on a Saturday, but I hadn't paid that game any attention when I saw that USF was a forty-nine point favorite. I don't care if they were playing Gibbs High School. I should have took the other side. Final score they won by twenty something, and they were favored by forty-nine. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how we let that. I don't know how we let that slip through 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 the cracks. I mean, we got to stop missing these layups.
3: Hey, man, that's your squad. Your South Florida Bulls. My. They're gonna get. they gonna get the
2: five wins. I mean, I wasn't good enough to coach for them. Now, I got fired. They shoot. <laughs> I mean,
3: Jeff Scott. You,
2: you've been. Jeff Scott had a super staff when he came in there. Well, hey, you've man. been you've been boviating on these. Uh, hey, coach I'm... King wasn't good enough. Hey, I'm glad I left. <laughs> Jesus. What four nineteen?
5: Godly. <laughs>
2: They fired Charlie Strong. He was like, well, I think it was twenty-one and sixteen or something this time. There, it's about to be four and twenty because
3: they're playing Florida Woo. on the road at night in the swamp. All right, let's get to Monday Night Football. It is uh, going to start in about twenty minutes. Uh, let's take a look at some player props. We'll uh, revisit spread and side, uh, spread and uh, and total here at the top of the hour. Once again, sitting at six with a uh, with a total of forty-four. Russell Wilson. Uh, over-under on passing yards at BetMGM is 251.5. Passing touchdowns is 1.5. We just chatted with uh, our good friend and colleague, Stormy Bonatoni. She's riding with the over on passing touchdowns. It's always tricky, Sean, because if they get up late in this game, are they throwing it a whole lot? So 251.5 is the over-under on passing yards for Russell Wilson in his return to Seattle. What do you expect to see from Russell tonight?
2: I think they're going to try and showcase, you know, a guy they just gave, what, $200 million to. So, you know, they want to get the year started. Uh, They want to drive you more excitement and enthusiasm for their home opener. So how do you do that with an offensive coach? You go out and look entertaining. And uh, so I think we're going to get a big performance from Denver. The question will be, can Geno Smith, who has – Really good wide receivers in D.K. Metcalf and Lockett. Can he play one of his better games and kind of match the output and turn this into a fourth-quarter game? We'll see. You know, uh, another prop that's Stormy-like that's kind of more interesting than laying the 50-cent for the Russell touchdown prop is Cortland uh longest reception over 22.5 yards. You know, one of the things we do know, about Russell, he likes to push the ball vertically down the field. Like so, he did
3: the DK Metcalf quite yeah, a bit.
2: That, that probably would be a prop that, that Stormy liked that I'd be interested you know, in as well. So
3: Yeah, last year, just looking at uh, Cortland Sutton last year, so uh, looking at the games that he played, 55, 32, 39, 31, 31, 26, he had a 44-yard reception. I'd say about half of the games last year, he surpassed 22.5, so that would make sense why that number is sitting there uh, around that uh, that number, um, you know? And we talked about this to Pritch, the loss of Tim Patrick. You know, what does that do? How big of a loss is that? Because I think on the surface people would think that's not that big of a deal, um, but I, I do think you know they've they've got a lot, of, obviously a lot of talented wide receivers in Denver, and everyone's been kind of saying the same thing, Sean, over the years, which is if you just get a competent quarterback they're gonna rise to the top and that's why the buzz has been there around the Denver Broncos
2: well for me it's not as significant because of when it happened so it happened Pretty early early again. enough so they had a chance to do you know test the free agent market you know really get some repetition for some of their younger receivers so you know it, it eases a lot of that concern for me because they had time if it would have happened this week And all of a sudden, Tim Patrick had this huge role in the game plan. And now you had to adjust the game plan or have someone else fill it. That would have been different. But, you know, they will have prepared as unfortunate as his absence is, because I do think he was going to be a breakout player. They've prepared for that.
3: You know, going back to the touchdowns tonight, a guy like K.J. Hamler, who is explosive now, and dealing with some hamstring issues, so is this you know, explosivity going to be there? But like you mentioned, when I mean, you think back to some of the big plays that Russ would make in Seattle and hitting uh, a guy like you know, DK Metcalf going down the field, KJ Hamler intrigues me to score a touchdown tonight just because I do wonder if they try to get Russ to stretch things vertically and that would be the guy who they would be trying to get the ball to deep down the field.
2: Uh, I'm probably not going to get cute in this game. Um, I think Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, because of their importance, you know, moving forward, I think Russell's going to go out of his way to get those guys involved. I think um, Hackett, Nathaniel Hackett, is going to design a game plan that gets them involved. You know, you look around the league, and teams are showcasing their tiny, their shiny new toys.
5: hmm.
2: Uh, I mean, so AJ Brown? Yeah, AJ Brown, uh, Stefan Diggs. Devontae Adams, you know, teams were, were excited to showcase, okay, this is why, you know, we feel confident about. It. So I think Denver's the same way, man. You so, know, they're going, to, they're going to, I would be shocked if there aren't at least 15 combined targets between Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton.
3: So taking a look at Passing attempts, 33 and a half, 22 and a half completions. I-, I would look more completions than passing attempts. I think there's going to be a lot of efficiency today from Russell Wilson. Uh, touchdowns, Stormy mentioned she rolled with the touchdowns at one-and-a-half. When you think about Nathaniel Hackett making his debut, you mentioned this with Stormy. So you look at Kevin O'Connell, he got the win in his debut. Brian Dable got the win in his debut. Uh, a lot of these offensive-minded head coaches, McDaniel got his win in his debut. Uh, they've been positive so far what are your expectations of Nathaniel Hackett in his debut well
2: he's got the best quarterback I think of an entire I would bunch agree. so I, I expect nothing but success I was shocked so many people are on the Seahawks tonight I really was I, I was really shocked like I think the Broncos win and win easily I did not personally bet it let me put a disclaimer on there but <laughs> I do think the you want to bet it yeah I do think the Broncos win this game at least two touchdowns
3: All right, we head into the hour of kickoff coming up. That's Sean. I'm Tim Bronco Seahawks. Monday Night Football, just around the corner.
1: Real Steel Offer valid on select AK System sets through June 16, 2024 See participating retailer for details
0: With Lucky Land Slots You can get lucky just about
2: anywhere Dearly beloved We are gathered here today to Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
4: Sorry, sorry, we're here We were getting lucky in the limo And we lost track of time
1: No, Lucky Land Casino With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry